All right. Phones away, Christina. Jeez, you're such an unprofessional person. Oh, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where's my phone? I lost it. Woo. Okay. Oh. <clears throat> That's your job. I did bad. And action yo 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 welcome back hey welcome back everyone this is blood sisters season three i guess episode two episode two the 13th episode that we've ever done 13 13th wow lucky Lucky number 13 well depending on who you ask because that is like a dark number right Uh. is 13 a lucky number for you or i know it has some significance i got a bit of ocd so i don't like odd numbers Ooh, i like even okay. things yeah me too like my favorite number is four or <gasps> multiples of four my favorite number is four are, are you, you fucking serious? shitting me i have a four when on my hell ankle did that happened <laughs> <laughs> how come i never knew this it's something we don't talk about like oh my gosh i'm gonna cry as an adult it's weird when i guess you talk about your favorite numbers but That's yeah as true. a kid it's like you're like what's your favorite number mine's five right but we don't ask those questions anymore that's crazy oh my gosh damn and i always find like whenever i'm on the right path or i know i'm doing the right thing i see the number four and i'm like this is Aww. right i'm where i should be i can see my number you know what i always discover whenever i look at the clock it's always like in order it's always like 123 or 1234 and i was born at 123 a.m oh so i always think that's what it is like whenever i look at the clock i always see the numbers in order and it's super freaky uh, super freaky for me but i get one, excited two, three. i don't know what it means so if anyone's listening and you know what that means <laughs> let me know hit us up <laughs> <laughs> what's right. 2020 at gmail.com Oh, that's right. We do have an email address. An email. If you guys want to send us any nudes, any gifts, um, just words of encouragement, hate mail. Ooh. What the blood? 2020. Oh, we should probably change the number, shouldn't we? Or no. <laughs> <laughs> we fine. should get, maybe we should get a different email. <laughs> right. Can we change the email? Ad? Probably not. Probably not. Ugh. Whatever. Who cares? Anyway, Christina, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Jane Topan. Mm. She is a serial killer who was born in the 1800s. So this is quite an older story. Um, I will start off talking a little bit about her life mm. and we'll go from there. <clears throat> Jane Topan would eventually be known as Jolly Jane Topan and was born March 31st of 1854. She was the youngest of three girls. The oldest was named Nellie. The next was named Delia Josephine. And then finally, Jane, who was actually not born with the name Jane at all. Mm-hmm. Her real name was actually Honora Kelly. She had no honor, but whatever. <laughs> um, Honora Kelly. And That's a she, pretty name. It is nice. Yeah, yeah. I kept trying to type the name Honora, and I was mistakenly typing honors. Mm-hmm. Or I kept trying to autocorrect to honors, and I'm like, no, bitch, it's Honora. <laughs> so... That's my story. I've got a cat hair on my laptop. <clears throat> so she went by, her name was Honora. She went by the name Nora. Her parents were Irish immigrants. Her mother was named Bridget Kelly and her father was named Peter Kelly. Now, Peter Kelly, the dad, was known to be an abusive alcoholic. And he was also known in the town as Kelly the Crack. <laughs> I'm guessing for his 
crackhead like behavior oh my god he sounds like my father keep going yeah <laughs> it's sad because it's true she's like dad <laughs> dad is that you <laughs> kelly the crack uh he worked as a tailor also and just one of the fun things that can kind of uh, explain to you what kind of a fun person Kelly the Crack was. A rumor was started at one point that he had actually sewed his own eyes shut. Mm-hmm. So maybe she just comes from a long line of a uh, lack of impulse control. Yeah. And then they said he, he ended up in the insane asylum because of it. That's what I see. And I was like, what? He sewed his eyes shut. Do y'all put him in insane asylum? <laughs> They're like, that's not normal. Get in there. <laughs> Ship him off. Oh, so the mother, Bridget Kelly, would actually die of tuberculosis Tuberculosis when Honora was only around a year old. And in 1860, the father, Peter, would admit the oldest daughter, Nellie, to an insane asylum while taking the two youngest children, Delia and Honora, and giving them up to the Boston Female Asylum, also known as the BFA. The BFA was an orphanage for female children. Mm. After Peter Kelly gave up the girls, he would never be in contact with them again. But documentation from the asylum states that the girls were rescued from a quote unquote very miserable home. Dang. Of course, you know, maybe he went to the asylum himself and that's why they never heard of him again. Maybe he went and sewed his eyes shut again. And who knows? Bye, Peter. So, Honora wouldn't stay at the BFA for long. In November of 1862, Honora was placed with a family and worked as an indentured servant for a woman by the name of Mrs. Anne C. Topan in Lowell, Massachusetts. 1862. So, that means that she was only eight years old when she became an indentured servant. She was not formally adopted, but Mrs. Topan gave her the name Jane, and so the name Jane Topan was born. The Topan family already had a daughter named Elizabeth Topan, who she would grow up with. And Delia, on the other hand, was not as lucky and eventually was sent to the streets for prostitution. Yeah. So she did kind of look out. Um, one was in the insane asylum. One was sent to be a prostitute and Jane ended up with a job at eight. Whatever. Did you read that her sister also died of alcoholism? No. Yeah. Oh Delia, gosh, the prostitute. Delia. Yeah, I was like super sad by that. I was like, damn, that family had just That's just completely life. tragic all around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when Jane turned 18, she was given $50 and her freedom, but she chose to continue working for the family. Maybe this was the only family she ever knew, grew an emotional bond and didn't want to leave. What does it call? Like Stockholm Syndrome? Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like in love with your captors mm-hmm. yeah. i mean it's also the only life that she's known so i understand yeah i mean she probably had a lot of chaos growing up leading up until being in this home and you know maybe she was a servant but she saw like oh this is a family i live in a home this is nice this is how things are supposed to be mm-hmm. never had that like I don't know. Now I'm just getting into my history. But, you know, you grow up and you don't think anything about how you're living. And then when you see like an actual family, actual mm. parents, and you see that and you're just like, oh, that's how things go. Mm. That's how things should be. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I think I discovered <laughs> that, that aha moment when I got to college because we were always 
thankfully more fortunate than the people that were in my inner circle. Uh, Cause my mother, although she was a single mother, like she did her damn thing. Like we were very fortunate. But then when I got to college and I seen how much further I could have been if I came from a two parent household, I, I did build a little resentment. I was like, damn, that's what a family dynamic is supposed to look like. Yeah. <laughs> and that blew my mind too. Like going to college as well because there would be so many people like yeah my mom my dad my, my uncle my everything like your family gets together right <laughs> we're, going, we're going fishing up north this weekend i'm like wait y'all do wait as a family you like spending time together y'all not gonna fight so confused nobody gonna pull out a gun or a knife <laughs> like damn no weapons involved <laughs> are you sure <laughs> you said you're going fishing are you gonna use the hooks to like kill each other hurt each other i don't understand <laughs> How does that work? Oh, trauma. Let's go. (laughs) Eventually, Anne would pass and Elizabeth would grow up and get married herself. But Elizabeth and her husband continued living in the home where Jane would continue working. So she stayed there as long as she possibly could. Apparently, Elizabeth treated Jane with more kindness than Anne did. Mm. At the age of 20... Jane had a fiancé who would leave her at the altar, which would lead her to attempt suicide. Apparently, she had attempted suicide many times, Mm -hmm. so I'm unsure if this was her first attempt, if this was one of many. Not sure where this was. It was one of many. She tried a few times. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Not sure if this was, like, the first attempt. Yeah. yeah, I heard that it hurt. Look, I'm talking like somebody told me this. Like, girl, her auntie <laughs> called me and told me um, that that was the first attempt when she got left at the altar. That okay. was the first time it she was. did attempt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, little Jane. Baby Jane. So Jane would go on to attend Cambridge Hospital in Boston to become a nurse. And apparently she had to lie about her suicidal tendencies in order to get in. Uh-huh. This is where she would get the name Jolly Jane for her happy personality. I'm guessing she was over- overcompensating for her emotions so that no one would ever think of her as an unhappy person. But she would then start working as a student nurse and we start to see some of her violent tendencies come out when the murders start. <laughs> Spoiler alert, she kills people. So, um, like Christina said, in 1885, Jane began training uh, to be a nurse at Cambridge Hospital. Cambridge? Cambridge. Cambridge Hospital. Um, while going through her nurse training, she had to witness several autopsies. Now, the other students, of course, were a little disgusted, but Jane really enjoyed them. It was noted by her superiors that she had some sort of obsession with death, but no one thought that she was capable of actually killing now girl she started a little light she started with just experimenting on her patient she would test different levels of morphine and atropine i said that real good girl i'm proud of myself atropine uh to test her patient's nervous system responses and of course the patients they never agreed to to any of this um so they were unwilling participants in her experiments she would spend a lot of time making up fake charts for the patients and medicating them in and out of consciousness soon after she then switched over and started giving her uh patients strict aka rat poison right yeah okay um <laughs> y'all know i i'm not good with pronouncing large words anything over five letters i would have never even thought about the pronounce pronunciation i oh like when i had read it i had thought strychnine okay right. 
And uh, it may be nine, but I, when we put it into the Google, she said strychnine. Yeah. Strychnine. Um, so Jane truly enjoyed murder, right? She confessed that after poisoning many of her victims, she would climb in the bed with them. And one victim who uh, survived recalled Jane giving her strychnine, getting in bed with her and kissing her face before another ca- a nurse came in and interrupted her. Now, it was never exposed whether or not um, Jane actually sexually assaulted any of her victims while they were unconscious um, and dying. But she did confess to getting a sexual thrill from patients being near death, coming back to life and then dying eventually. Now, eventually, the hospital couldn't keep ignoring all these overdoses, quote unquote, that were happening on Jane's watch. And they transferred her, not fired, transferred Jane to Massachusetts. Uh, general in 1889 right now depending on who you ask massachusetts general um is a very prestigious hospital guys i think full disclosure i'll let you know i am hungover as hell today so don't mind me like i woke up with a tiny bit of a headache because i like had one too many glasses of wine last night while passing out candy for trick-or-treating got frisky yeah but I was just like, you know what? It's a rough night all all over. It's a rough yeah, day. It, it took me a while to get up and going today. So I'm just proud of myself for getting out of the bed and getting here. Um, Hell yes. But just full, full disclosure on that. So anyway, um, Massachusetts General is a prestigious hospital. So many would consider that this was actually an upgrade when she left Cambridge. So she got rewarded from by killing all these people and they're suspecting it. She got rewarded by getting an upgrade. They just transferred her to another hospital to be someone else's problem. Yay. Um, and as Christina described earlier, they everyone did describe um did describe Jane as Jolly. So she got the name Jolly Jane. And everyone absolutely loved her. Unless you she killed you. Like if she didn't kill you, unless she killed you. You loved her. <laughs> All of her patients, co-worker, co-workers, nobody had anything negative to say about her. The ones who survived. That's how you lure them in. Yep. Now, of course, once she relocated, she didn't stop killing. So in 1891, Mass General got rid of her, too. Uh, But by now, she's already responsible for multiple murders. But no one bans this woman from practicing. Now, I did see somewhere that she never officially got her nurse's license. Did you see that? Yeah, she just stayed a student nurse. Yeah. And like she forged some documents. um, And that's how she went on to become a private nurse for patients. Um, And a lot of patients did complain of her like doing like petty theft but no one really like looked into her much right i also seen that she briefly went back to cambridge after she got fired from mass general but then they fired her right away for recklessly prescribing opiate prescriptions (laughs) yeah so i don't even know why they brought her back in they're like we think you were killing people but you got fired from this place we'll give you another chance um now over the next 10 years um one article I found said that she would murder for pleasure and gain. And I loved how that sounded. So I'm going to say it again as if I made that up. Okay. Over the next 10 years, Jane would murder for pleasure and gain. And <laughs> sounds profound, right? Jane would still go on to poison all of her victims. She didn't like getting her hands dirty. And like I always say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. So in 1895, she poisoned her landlord. Two years later, she poisoned his wife so that she could have the home to herself. Now, I'm not sure what happened to the home because I read that she also went on to murder another set of landlords, a friend whose job she wanted. And that poor foster sister Christina was talking about in 1899. Mm-hmm. And what was her name? Which one was that? Elizabeth? Elizabeth. She killed little Lizzie Lou of strychnine as well. <laughs> Lizzie Lou. <laughs> now, in 1901, um, she gets a little sloppy, and she thinks it's a great idea to kill an entire family. 
the Davis sisters, Davies, Davies family. <laughs> she kills the mom first. Then she moves in with Alden Davis, who's the husband, to help take care of him and look after him after his wife died. Now, of course, the family does not know that Jane is responsible for killing the mom when they allow her to um, take care of the father. Right. She then goes on to kill two of his daughters. One of his daughters went to Jane for comfort. I'm pretty sure she's seen Jane as like a mother figure. So it was reported that she went to Jane for comfort and Jane ended up killing that baby. Yep. Jeez. That's how she rewarded her. So within three months, the entire Davis family was dead. I was pausing. I don't know if you want to add more about the Davis family. Um, no, it it's just, it's real fucked up. And yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay. So yeah, she, uh, she murdered their their two daughters. Mm-hmm. Their names are Minnie and Geraldine, and they were both like adults who were married. So these weren't kids. They yeah, were they were older. Married adults, Minnie Gibbs and Geraldine Gordon. Yep. Yeah. So within three months, the entire fam- Davis family is dead. Uh, the husband of the youngest daughter, she he ordered a toxicology report because it's like, how the hell did this happen? Everybody just died out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. the results come back and of course they show that the baby had been poisoned and the police went searching for Jane. Now Jane ended up moving back to her hometown and decided it would be a great idea to seduce her foster sister's husband. The one that she killed, the foster sister she killed. She's like, I'm going to try to get this man in my bed. Right? She's all kinds of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you kill me and then go after my husband. Oh my gosh. Now, as we already stated, Jane had a complicated relationship with men starting at her getting abandoned at the altar at such a a young age and then attempting suicide. I did see one report. I'm not sure how true this is that right after that um, abandonment with the first fiance, she actually had another guy that she moved in with him and his family. Oh, his family mysteriously got sick after being around Jane. So he kicked her the hell out. Oh, smart. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Wow. So amazing. mm Mm-hmm. So then what happened um, back to Jane with the foster sister's husband, right? Mm-hmm. She's in the house. She throwing it back at this man. She throwing it back. She like, you want some of this? She ends up poisoning his sister, kills his sister, and then poisons him, but gets him sick enough to the point where she nurses him back to health. Mm-hmm. And then this, I don't want to call her a sicko. This poor woman actually poisoned herself in an attempt to get sympathy from this man as well. So once she got him back in good health, she's still trying to seduce him. And he like, nah, Jane, I don't see you like that. He ain't fall for it. He kicked the ass out the house. Smart man. Cause he would have definitely, she would have killed him eventually too. Yeah. So on October 29th, 1901, she was arrested for the murders of the Davis family. And by 1902, she had confessed to 31 murders of patients, family and family members. But many believe that she was kind of she was exaggerating that number. Um, now, I did see and you can confirm what number you've seen because I, I seen twice. I seen she, it was confirmed 11 or 12. I seen the number twice. I saw 11. More. 11. OK, mm-hmm. so she did. Uh, they ended up confirming that 11 were actually killed by her now i don't know why that number was so low i feel like if they wanted to they could have just dug up the old patients and tested their bodies exhumed the bodies. yeah yeah you know for the davis family um many gives when when they did the toxicology report on those family members they had to exhume the bodies so maybe they were just families that didn't have the money to have that happen maybe they couldn't but i figure the state would pay for that then with during the trial 
because I feel like the state always pays for that. But uh, whatever. Yeah. It, either way, she confessed yeah. to 31, but they only could pin 11 murders on her. In her confession, Jane admitted to feeling no guilt. She said, no, I have absolutely no remorse. I have never felt sorry for what I have done. Even when I poisoned my dearest friends as the Davies were, I did not feel any regret afterward. I have thought it all over and I cannot detect the slightest bit of sorrow over what I have done. Now, I would like to mention, too, that it's very rare for women serial killers to be like sexual sadists and get off from that um we usually murder for gain not sexual gratification but she definitely did say she got a sexual she got sexually aroused from watching these people slowly die in her arms yes like she would lay in bed with them as they were dying Mm -hmm. and just like kiss on them and rub on them so get her rocks off Mm -hmm. whatever yes yep absolutely this is bringing a bell to some other research that I had done. I do want to say there is a huge book that was written about her too with tons more information. I didn't buy it because I had to like get it online. It's like 350 pages. So I'm sure that there's a ton more info on Jane Topin (laughs) if we want to ever like do a deep dive. That would be fun. Christina loves overwhelming y'all with information and I love it. Just go ahead, girl. I love information. <laughs> There's so much cool stuff that happens. Not, not like it's cool that people got killed, yeah, but of course, lots of history in there. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Facts, numbers. Anywho. Mm. So forget they can see me. <laughs> I was getting all relaxed. I was like, <laughs> some coffee mm-hmm. okay, we can't have this much of a break <laughs> cut this out oh, shit. okay <laughs> so the trial um jane topan as natasha said was arrested in october of 1901 she then went to trial for murder in the summer of 1902 she had actually confessed to her lawyer that she killed at least 31 people and maybe as many as 100 She also did admit that she had the sexual impulse to kill. So during interviews, she claimed that she started killing people because she was dumped when she was 16. So this must have been another relationship that went sour. One of the quotes regarding this says, If I had been a married woman, I probably would not have killed all those people. I would have had my husband, my children, and my home to take up my mind. Hmm. Now, do you believe that? No. Yeah. I don't feel like her being in a relationship, even if she were, she was happy, she would have always had these like urges and possibly went on to kill her own children. Yeah. I I feel like maybe if someone might've slightly done her wrong, you know, maybe something happened with the husband, another family member, she would have found this way to get back at people. And who knows, maybe she would have poisoned, maybe she would have killed in another way, but I feel like she just had that in her mm-hmm. from a very young age. And I, I think it was it was going to happen anyway. Yeah. After the trial, the New York Journal printed Jane's confession to her lawyer, in which they also stated that she was deemed insane by a panel of experts. I did also see reports that stated she wanted to be found insane. So maybe it was an act. So 
knowing her way of manipulating others, it's entirely possible that she would have convinced experts that she was insane, get committed to a mental health facility, and then, oh, I'm all better now, right? Mm -hmm. Release me. And then she could go back on her Jolly Jane bullshit um, and just continue what she was doing because she knew what made her happy and she was probably going to do whatever she could to be able to get back to it. After the trial, a jury deliberated for only 27 minutes and then found Jane not guilty by reason of insanity. This was on June 23rd of 1903. Mm. She would spend the rest of her life at Taunton State Hospital and died August 17th of 1938. While she stayed in the hospital, some attendants remembered her calling them into her room and saying things like, Get the morphine, dearie, and we'll go out in the ward. You and I will have a lot of fun seeing them die. So maybe she was reliving the good days for her. It is said that her mental state did slowly deteriorate because for a while she refused to eat any of the food at the hospital because she was concerned that it may be poisoned. Go figure, Jane. Go figure. (laughs) No, no one would ever do that to you, Jane. (laughs) or was the guilt creeping up on her so the 11 confirmed victims I can just read them off really quick there's 83 year old Israel Dunham died on May 26 1895 she was one of the landlords 87 year old lovely Dunham who was the landlord's wife 70 year old Mary McNear who was a patient 70 year old William Ingraham another patient, 48-year-old Sarah Connors, who was a friend, 62-year-old Maddie Davis, wife of Alden Davis, 64-year-old Alden Davis, who became her private patient, Genevieve Annie Gordon, who was Alden Davis's daughter, 40-year-old Mary, also known as Minnie Gibbs, who was the other daughter. Um, Annie's age was unknown at the time of her death. 70-year-old Elizabeth Brigham, the foster sister, and 45-year-old Florence Culkins, who was Elizabeth's maid. So those are the 11 confirmed victims. Having said that, there's probably a lot more. Jane was proud of her accomplishments and stated that she wanted to, quote, to have killed more people, helpless people, than any other man or woman who ever lived. And she was 84 years old when she died. And that's why she got the nickname, the Angel of Death. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people that like work in the medical field but mm-hmm. do horrible things tend to get some type of a name like the Angel of Death. Yeah. I think you that's know. like a common name. It's yeah. like the easiest one to default to. Right. Oh, the <laughs> Angel of Death. That's, that sounds really crazy to say. I think we, didn't we do something on a, a nurse called it? That went by the Angel of Death? Probably. Like season one or something? I'm sure we did. <laughs> Keep in mind, I get hit in the head for fun and I drink a lot. So my memory for is... fun. Right. Well, it is kind of for fun. It's a little sick. But I am not drinking anymore. So that's an announcement after this weekend. I am going on a little break for three months. So I will be a lot more alert in the future. I, but that's a story of drink in front of you no you can like i'm not like an alcoholic so i can see people drink sorry you know this show is a shit show guys we get off track a lot but it's anywho who we are. um i know right 
Yeah, be ourselves. We should just call it the shit show. I love that. What if we just do a shit show for the Patreon where we just talk? Talk. It's going to be like three hours long. <laughs> we could split it up into hour-long segments. Yes. For $5 a month, you can get access to the shit show. Mm-hmm. And maybe for $10 a month, you'll get access to the shit show and a sticker. Sticker. I want that <laughs> sticker. <laughs> a little decal to put on your laptop. Um, right. But that was the life of Jane. I kind of feel I feel a little bad for her. Like she had a really bad upbringing. Um, still not justifying everything she went on to do. Like she killed innocent, helpless people who were looking at her to actually help them in their times right. of need. Like it was it was fucked up. It was really, really fucked up what she did. Yeah, she did some dumb shit. And it's like, girl, get in line. You're not the only one with man issues. Like that right. don't give you a right to kill Who innocent elderly people over a dick. Man, ooh, I mean, well, we also didn't see it what he was working with, but but it was over like <laughs> multiple men. Yeah, know? like I'm sure so. within there, there's probably a range. She probably had a little peen. She probably had a big peen. Mm-hmm. It seems like no matter the peen, it made her upset. Yeah, and if everything is felon, it's probably her. She was she was a problem, but she couldn't take accountability, so she's just like, it's these men. Mm. I never got married, so I'm gonna kill people. But and, and then also that makes that raises the question: Why wouldn't she just attack men? Like just target right. men. Literally, let's target helpless people. I, it's something behind that ideology of you know these people are helpless, so might as well get rid of them. But it has like I understand like some people have used that ideology, mm-hmm. you know, like Doctor Kavorkian, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the whatever. But that reasoning for her seems to make no sense like so if you would think like she would do like a nanny dos type of thing mm-hmm. and just kill husbands and right men. yeah right. well nanny dos had like many husbands mm-hmm. she couldn't get one yeah but even mm. then like she, maybe she could have just targeted like her male patients yeah yeah she she did not discriminate between sexes just Anyone that was there that was a patient that was helpless. Oh, stupid Jane. Well, I mean, I have a question now. Mm. Taking consequences off the table, right? There's no heaven. There's no hell. There's no consequences. You can kill with no threat of going to jail or being discovered. If killing would improve your quality of life tremendously with no consequences, do you think you can do it and not be remorseful it would depend on the person if they were a piece of shit anyway who was making other people's lives miserable yes but if it were a good person who maybe they made other people's lives better but for some reason they were in my way then no because i could just find my way around them so you would kill like a vigilante killer yeah okay okay yeah like like uh you ever seen Dexter? Oh, I love Dexter. Yeah, I'd be like like Dexter. I feel like that could have been my life if my mother didn't stop me from my experiments that I used to do as a child on Ooh, insects. Insects, yes, yeah. girl. I don't know if I insects. told y'all this story. So I did I tell you this story when I was I a think, child? I think so. I think I did share this in season one or, yeah. or pro- possibly just with Christina. Um, but when I was a child, share it quickly. 
when I was a child, I used to always, I wanted to be a scientist. So I would conduct in, experiments like, like Jane on insects like ants. Oh, I would also do bees. Bees were another good one and flies when I can catch them. Um, and so with the ants, like or the bees first, that's where it started. I would trap them in a bottle because my grandmother had this huge post in the backyard and bees would always just like land on this post and just sit there. So I trap them in a bottle and I like shake them up and see how long they can survive with me, like shaking them for a certain amount of time each day. Um, and then with the ants, I would like burn their leg. It was sick. Why am I telling this story on the air? <laughs> Move that to the Patreon. <laughs> right. We'll save this story for the Patreon. But the important part is that we did not move up to small animals. Right. I did. My mother stopped me and I will never forget. She was so upset. Like, you little sick, crazy ass. And I was like, this is weird. Like, I'm enjoying myself. Right. I was like, yeah, no, what do you what? mean? I want to be a scientist. What do you mean? I can't. I can't make experiments on insects like I'm a scientist. Don't you, you purposely me? mess up your hair and you're just like, oh, I'm a scientist. What do you mean, mother? <laughs> Wearing a little lab coat at eight. God, I was a troubled child and no one got me help until it was way too late. But anyway, um, yeah. I don't know why I shared that story. But do you have any fucked up stories of messing with insects? Please do tell child. us. Right. I mean flies i will say i hated flies they were really annoying so you know those like 25 cent bubbles and you can like get mm-hmm. toys out of the 25 cent yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. bubbles like i would trap them in there and just like keep them in there and mm-hmm. be like you suck <laughs> you know and yeah. then they die in there and i'd be like and then i'd throw it away but yeah yeah i mean Fuck some bugs. You That's know, better some bugs than are me, necessary yeah. for the environment and the ecosystem, but some are just fucking annoying as hell. And I think I was, I was a kid. Like, I didn't know. I just had all yeah. this. Like, I was curious. I was always a curious kid, and I would ask questions, and everybody's right. like, just be quiet, girls. You're talking too much. And I'm like, damn, okay, I'm going to figure out myself. Can an right. ant survive in a bottle filled with water with this much air? They can't, like, by the way. Mm. <laughs> they probably get, the hard they're, way. Their little, little legs probably get tired. Oh, yeah. God, I was sick. Yeah, I don't need any children. <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll get an ant farm so we can redeem ourselves. I know. I feel so guilty now. Like even if I'm outside and like an ant's crawling around, like I won't even step on it because like, I'm, I'm just sorry like, about your second uncle, buddy. Right. You know what? We could get a li- little ant farm, put it back here, and take care of ants. Yeah. So I can because re- I'm pretty sure yeah. I'm going to hell for that. Like maybe this will be a way to redeem. I would yeah. be pissed. All the good I've done in this world, and goddess is like, girl, we sent you to hell because you killed ants. I'd be like, bruh, hook a sister up. Hook right. Sister up. <laughs> All right, y'all. So this is only the second episode. We are back trying to get in the swing of things. It's a shit show. Give us some time. It's a fun shit show. It is. It is a fun shit show. We're going to enjoy this ride. Yeah. And we're going to ride it to the wheels fall Please off. ride with us. Because we're back. We're back. Back in action. We Back in blacker than ever. So our last week uh last week's recording the our new episode of season three is up on spotify it the audio version is also available on spotify apple um wherever you get your podcasts and the video will also be up on youtube very shortly so and with that until next week everybody have a great week uh make sure to drink your red bull and your coffee and, and uh live your life just just live your life, dog. <laughs> <laughs> and end it. <laughs>